Welcome along to the 32nd episode of Season 2 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald. Uh, we're on Podcast for Public Stitcher, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes and at LOI Weekly on Twitter. Um, and we're actually on Spotify as well, which I joined yesterday and found LOI Weekly straight away, um, which is... Is that an accident? Or did you actually no, I, I, just, I just said, um, I saw a podcast link and I was just like, oh, maybe LOI Weekly. And it says, um, see the best of all the LOI action from 2017 each week. So it needs a bit of updating, but we'll do that because I didn't realize it was there. But uh, we have a packed show today uh, with two special guests, particularly Colly O'Neill, but also Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, very welcome along, lads. Particularly Colly O'Neill. Yeah, because just UC- me? UCD, are, <laughs> just me? UCD are just after winning the league, and I think that's a wondrous achievement. And Stevie, you've been here before. Yeah, a few times. You're right, Johnny. But to be fair, you made a special effort to get here today because you were just off out of the surgery. Out of your surgeon, rather. Jesus, not yeah. out of surgery. More surgery. <laughs> All that aesthetic still in me. Uh, yeah, just after coming from the hospital, so glad to be here. How how grim was that when you're kind of in a waiting room and you're like, how long more will I be? You were you were fairly despondent for a while, but then you got through it quickly. Yeah, enough. I thought I had to go for an X-ray today as well. So you usually wait to go for an X-ray and then wait down the X-ray department, then to come back up and wait. But I was just straight in to see the. Um, the surgeon today, so I had no need for an extra, so it wasn't too bad. It was qu- well, quite quick, couple hours. That's not too bad. We we have we've loads to catch up on with you since you were last here. Um, but Collie, welcome to the show, and first of all, like congratulations on a great achievement. Um, you're finally over the line. Did you celebrate? Um, That's a yes. Well, yeah, well, one glass of wine, if you call that celebrating. One glass of wine. Yeah. Dan, how would you have celebrated? Well, I don't know. I mean, in yeah. UCD. You how see, did you celebrate <laughs> when you were in UCD? <laughs> yeah, well, see, the UCD. That was every night. We, <laughs> well, we, 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 we've, we've already discussed the changing social picture in UCD recently with the old uh, student bars and all that have changed. They actually do have a nice big sort of student bar now. Then I wasn't mad well, it's on quite, it. Though. It's very close. To, it's it's, it's a, a bit. Fa- it's a bit, fa- a bit flashy. It's a bit. So, it's a bit soulless compared yeah. to the old dingy student bar. I remember certainly, yeah. you know, but uh, it sounded it sounded like a couple of the players probably probably enjoyed themselves. I think I think Kali eventually had to go home and mind the kids for the weekend. So when you mind the kids in the dressing room all season, and then you have to mind the kids in an, for the weekend afterwards, you know. Well, I, I can't really call it babysitting, really, is when it's your own kids, can you? No, no. no. But you, you must be, you must be fancying a job in Italy if you finish a game and celebrate with a glass of wine, like one glass of wine. Oh, Wexford! You know, I'm not sure they don't understand the draw accent in Milan, though. Like, not a chance. You know. They don't even understand it in Dublin. No, no. Yeah. But uh, I suppose all joking aside, this was you had the league sort of half sewn up a while out, but you had to get over the line, and the, the circumstances of the game on Friday were were sort of typically dramatic because. You had Ollie Horgan in the stands, Harps nick a goal from a big beefy centre back, and then you score from like a lovely footballing goal. Well, that's been the kind of flow for the whole season, really. That's we haven't moved from our main pattern of, of play. So even going a goal behind, we were still calm and composed and still moved the ball well to create the the, the chance for Connor and there couldn't have been a more appropriate score the way things have been going of late, I suppose. Well, he's he's on a hot streak at the moment. Um, he's definitely filled the shoes of Georgie since he left. Because I was looking uh, at that, Dan. But that Georgie th- Kelly, sorry, he's, one, he's still like, he's, I think he's only one goal off top mm-hmm. score despite the fact he's left so long. Because remember when, when, he, um, when he joined Dundalk, where, like, there's no chance of him finishing top score. He very nearly did. Yeah. Kind of like um, Maguire last season, the Premier. Maguire, I think he's only one off top, even yeah. still. Well, it's, it's interesting with Davis, though, and Kelly, you talk about a, a replacement, but there's a bit of a size difference between the two of them. But clearly the way you, that they play or their skills, they still... 
they still complement your style, even if there's a slight physical difference, maybe. Yeah, it's it's more like Georgie was renowned for his, his goal scoring, but for us it was more his hold-up play, it was his link play, he brought other people into the game. And Connor is something similar. Like he'll even drop in as a 10 position, he drops into little holes, he's great with his back to goal, so he's uh, that's one of his, his, his biggest strengths. It looked like a good night down there. I mean, I think there was a decent crowd out and... I think a few ex-players were back and stuff like that. It seems like there was a sort of community feel to the celebration and maybe people came out and actually responded to the to the night. Well, it, um, it was free in for students. So I think it was the first time where we got a bit of a crowd in where we didn't have to offer three cans of Dutch gold as well as coming in for <laughs> free. You would have got Dinny Corcoran in for that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think everybody bought out, of, you know, all parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, everything came along and... Yeah, it was, it's one of the biggest crowds, crowds I've seen in the bowl for a long, long time. Should you be free every week for students? Absolutely, I think you so. You think? Yeah. I was just actually thinking I think that we, I, we, we, I think we did try it before. Mm. And it, it just didn't work, but I think there was a lot of advertisement and publicity about this this game or that game on Friday. Well, so. Like Next season, I, I, was, I was half thinking of this earlier because you're going to have all these big teams coming into Belfield every week. This is going to be very enjoyable to watch. It's not going to be boring football of any matter means. And if UCD could somehow make it a better occasion or just um, more stuff around the pitch to attract people there, there's no reason why you couldn't have like your best crowds you've ever had anyway, which isn't asking a lot. Um, no, but they'll they'll do the work. They'll they'll try get the extra bums on seats, but still, it's it's not something that we're going to really focus on and be a priority for us. We'll still work with our foundations of good quality uh, training facilities, good quality training sessions and uh, developing good players that can play good football. Your, your mate Robbie Benson would have been ha- delighted with Friday as well. He's been keeping a great um, eye on things at his, his former club. Yeah, himself and Georgie Kelly were at it. We had obviously no game at the weekend, so I think the two boys were at it and they're always obviously looking out for the other students' results. And um, yeah, they were buzzing coming into coming into training after, after they had won it. Um, so... Yeah, the two boys are, are buzzing so long as um, to beat UCD four times now next year and, and then the semi-final of the Cup. <laughs> yeah, where were you Friday night, actually? Uh, Friday night, I was at a pre-marriage course. Go away, very enjoyable. Worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? Did it go? All, all went to plan? You got to yeah, well, there was got some... on your phone around me. No, I was on my phone, yeah, a couple <laughs> of times Friday scores. night. Yeah, checking a few scores. Yeah. Had a bit of a trip up all right in the old, in the meeting and that I think we, I was actually we were fifteen, twenty minutes late when we got in. I think the spiel of like no phones, turn your phones off uh, was all, had already marriage, been given. marriage doesn't work like that. Had so already you still have your phone given, out like so uh, I had to check up with a few urgent issues, score lines around the around well, I suppose Ireland. Checking the scores on a Friday night is gonna be an important part of like married life going forward. So it's like yeah. it's preparing exactly. for those challenges like you know just, getting, just to clarify just here, if you get married in the Catholic Church you have to go on a marriage course. That's you, how it works. You do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um but the, okay, we're going to get to the, the seismic events of Friday night, but first of all we're gonna to go to the EA Sports Cup final and recap on this. Um I think there was a bit of a mixed reaction to this in ways because Derry obviously won at their own ground against Cove, um, completely different resources, and Cove gave it a good show. But uh, Derry's League Cup record, see if you were saying, is in- insane. Even your buddy Rory Higgins has how many League Cup medals? I think he has six, uh, five or six, definitely five. I think it's six. He has six yeah. League Cups. So. Probably has them like propping up just cabinets and stuff at home or whatever, you know? Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, no, put, put it over there with the League Cup pile. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Who, who knocked you out of the League Cup, actually, Collie? 
Good question. I don't know. There, that's really selling the. So that's the pure focus. The that's been the focus on the league prize sort of summed up there. I'll see um, setting in. Yeah, well, in fairness to Derry, their league form has been utterly abysmal, but they have won a competition, and I guess it's whether you want trophies or whether you want um, progress in the league. But at, at Air, Air obviously covered the game. Johnny McDonald was on on show after being in last week, and Connor Morris talked to Kenny Shields after the game. It's been very uh, good to join us here at uh, the studio presentation position. Kenny, congratulations. Well done. Um, how does it feel to get your first piece of silverware as dairy manager? It's fantastic, you know, and it's so befitting in the week that uh, the stadium has been renamed as the Ryan McBride Stadium. And it's like, uh, it's, it's just fell into place brilliantly for us because Ryan meant so much to the people of the city. And if you do are lucky to win, if you are lucky enough to win a trophy here, it means so much to the people of Derry, which James will be able to back that up. And that was our sole purpose to try and do it for the people of the city because you've seen the way they come out and uh, support us and yeah. the Ryan McBride situation as well. It's, it's you know, you nearly swear it was meant to happen. Yeah, I was just saying to the guys, actually, uh, there was a couple of times in that second half when you were very dominant. I thought, you know what, it wouldn't be against the odds if they were to get five goals, and that might have been had a little bit of a fitting message as well. It wasn't to be, but as you say, the young kids on the pitch, the young younger players in your squad, we're so used to watching Derry win silverware down yeah. the years, particularly this competition, but of course they haven't done that. They haven't played, and When this yeah. place is full like that, I mean, it's, it's very important that you get that under your belts. And they get that experience, yeah, it's definitely, because the demands that the crowd put on you, you know, the players respond to that and they experience that and they did that today and the only, it's not me unless I'm moaning, but the only criticism I have is that the pitch needs to be watered. And I thought that, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was, it's not an excuse, it's just that it slows down the way you can yeah. play. When it's slick and it's wet, we can pass the ball so well in this pitch but it was sticking today again and you know they need to get a sprinkler system and it's not there it's not there's not much i can do about that but football's about the entertainment and yeah. it's what the supporters want to see and if there's something that's a deterrent to that mm. it needs to be fixed and, and and if they can water the pitch we'll play better tell me um ordinarily I'm not saying you won't celebrate it. You might have to go off and uh, check one or two of your players because they'll want to enjoy this. And as we said, the younger players as well, the Jared Doherty's of the world, of course, have seen it many times. But of course, this is a week that will define your season. You have a four-day turnaround to play Bows, who are banging form in an FAI Cup quarterfinal. Uh, three days, actually, yes. It's, three days. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really a difficult situation. You want the boys to celebrate and enjoy and commit the feeling to memory. But we can't... We can't allow that to happen, you know, because we have to prepare tomorrow and we're in tomorrow and prepare on Tuesday as well for the Wednesday game. That's the process that any team, professional team, would want to do. Uh, and we have to be very, very careful. OK, Dan, firstly to you, they won the League Cup. Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. I mean, I think, but it's, it's, I mean, if they finish seventh in the league and they don't get European football, you know, then it's doesn't save the season either when you look at the sort of the finances in, in you know in Europe and I, there was some stuff some interesting stuff I think is that John O'Connor done some re, some stuff interesting stuff recently on the accounts of various clubs and I mean Derry are very much still reliant on Philip O'Doherty's support and uh, they, they need to be going upwards in the league rather than going downwards and slipping out of those European places is, is huge um, so I don't think the NEA Sports Cup is, is going to save their season in any respect but still nice for the players and 
I guess they've had a, a good couple of years there and it's nice to have something to show for it for some of the players that have been there. Um, so I don't think you can completely undermine it. I mean, it was a big day for Cove as well. I still felt watching the game. Part of me was just thinking there's just something wrong about this sort of part-time amateur first division team being away for a cup final up in Brandywell having I think they travelled back after the game that night and stuff and I think they, they made a big fundraising effort to to stay up the night before and, and that but it still doesn't feel like a proper cup final for me as much as there was a good crowd and a good atmosphere and all that it was very much away you know it was Cove away there were some fans in like an away section and uh, you know, did, did, would Cove have benefited more from the game being in their patch? They probably would have. But, but you know, they had to do it. <laughs> we spoke about this last week. They had to do it in a fair way. They couldn't rig it. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, I felt they were always going to win the game just watching it from half time onwards. There was sort of a certain inevitability about it. But Cove gave it a good go. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you saw it, Cody, but you'd obviously be very, you know, you'd be in good terms with Stephen Henderson and you'd, be, you'd probably sympathise with their plight as the real underdog in this? Yeah, it was, it was tough for them. And um, the pro-license um, presentation night was the, the day after the draw. And Stephen was still gutted that the mm. game was up in the Brandywell because he just thought of the whole community feel in and around Cove that if it hadn't been in Cove itself, it would have brought so many people out and it would have been a whole festival for the whole town. It would have been a really, really big event for him. So he knew at that stage it was going to be a, a real tough ask. So it's 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 tough for any fourth division team to to go up to a brandy wall and try putting a, a performance, even if it is a cup final. Yeah, we need, need to look at where the final is. You know, if I know a neutral venue is not ideal. Neutral venue, unfortunately, I don't think that would have attracted. Home venue is less ideal. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not. It's not fair. It wouldn't have been fair on either club to play Cove playing. Like the the difference in Derry playing in Cove and Cove playing in Derry. Like it's massive for both uh, clubs. Yeah. You nearly fancy Cove to get a result against him at home. It was an extreme. It's an extreme. It, it's yeah. an extreme test case. Like it's the pretty much the furthest trip you could nearly do. Attendance. Uh, um, I know attendance. As you're saying, it probably wouldn't attract. But a cup final has to be neutral. Absolutely. See if you be. had that game a in Galway, cup, for example, a national cup final has to be neutral. Even if it attracts, it's just a principle. Even if it attracts Absolutely. fifty people. Yeah. Uh, like it's the third biggest trophy. Like there's three cups mm. to play for. Final has to be neutral. In my opinion, totally. Well, it's funny we we are ta- we were talking about a week where uh, you know obviously the ladies' football and stuff with, with huge promotion got a huge crowd at the final again over fifty thousand. Yeah, now look, I mean, there's there's a lot of and I I don't really care that there's a lot of freebies and stuff there. That doesn't really matter, you know, schools and stuff in the area. We do have an FBI Cup final coming up, and I hope uh, mistakes of previous years have been noted um but i i, I do i do i do i expect that to be the case well let's just let's just see on november the 4th what we're what we're seeing there but, uh, can, can you elaborate on that sorry i was going to say especially when we're in the final yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on if you get a free student if every every usually student was there that's that's what 20 something thousand i think to start with actually this could be this could be it it could be like st francis back I, in the day i but actually, actually have to refresh my memory what were you, you gave out about this last year i can't remember what well no i i just i'd spoken to people in the fei previously who'd said and i think they've done a small bit of this who would have said that i think at the fa cup final in england even even the fa cup final in england which is a huge event that like the, the process of selling tickets starts months in advance you know now i know 
know that if you have a season ticket and stuff within the FEI now, that you have the option to go to the game. But that's, you know, they're not people who are just specifically always going to go to the match, so you can't really rely on them. I'm just saying, like, that it's, if it's planned from far off as a school's trip out, you know, that every school by club in a region and area, regardless of who's in it, you know, that, that it becomes part of the day. Now, I think they have thought about it a bit this year. Um, and I think they probably have been a small bit aware, but like this stuff where the game goes on sale at Ticketmaster, you know, a couple of weeks before you look at Ticketmaster, there's only one block available, and and then people, so people buy tickets for the upper tiers, and then they get to the stadium yeah. on the day, and there's lower tier seats. That's empty. crucial. They've, they've, they've got to. Do I've made to done that and go. What, they got to do done this? Ticket, I could be down there. A you ticketing know? system of sell the go start from the bottom up, sell it out, create an atmosphere yeah. around the pitch, not have it all spread around. Yeah. But going back to the League Cup final, it's it's a small thing, but it, it just it's it's things were on about the optics of tuning into a game. Did you see how dirty the balls were? No, the black. actual footballs—they were black. They started off from the pellets. Getting new, a set of new balls in for a cup final. Mm. I tuned on straight away. First I thing I saw, the game, no, we not. I said to my, me and my father, "I said, look at the state of the balls. Mm. Little things. The ball was black. Well, like straight away, you think Mickey Mouse match. Do you know what I mean?" Well, it's just mad as well. And I know it's a small thing, but it's just... It's it's just no, like but no one, optics, no one yeah. cares about this stuff, but even I know Neil Reardon put it up, like there was no actual press box. There's no seats and there's no desks in the press box. Like, and when you think that, you know, naturally you would think that the Premier Division Club would be... Now, and even Kenny Shields is having a bit of a pop at the, the council there, mm. ultimately over the pitch. And the council are responsible for the facilities in the stadium. But you would think for a cup final day, for that sense, just all the details, I'm sure they would have pulled out all the stops in Cove in that regard, yeah. you know. And well, I don't know Even who... having no power or the desks in a press box is, is a clear breach of yeah. licensing. Like, it's, I mean, it's not... Like, like what, like what? Yeah, the, that thing, yeah. 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 There's no... Um, <laughs> no, that's not a dig at Derry. I'm sure it's, it's the powers that be... Like I'm just saying about the football, obviously the press box and that is more like for yeah. Dan and that. But uh, I'm sure it's the FBI, uh, like whoever. It, it oh, is yeah, their responsibility for the cup final. Like, like surely security man, the whole, the, out, the so, whole equipment yeah. needs to be brand spanking new for for a cup final. There's only there's only like two cup finals in the calendar, and then an old ball. All, the, all like the ball, like five minutes into the game, and the keeper was kicking out. Of the, like the ball was black mm. from. Yeah. The Astro, obviously, but mm. just optics straight away. Like, if you're a neutral tuning in, be it rightly or wrongly, your your opinion of the, ga- of the game dilutes massively, I think, from just looking at the picture. Uh, yeah, I want to yeah. ask you, because I know Stevie will be his, his predictable diplomatic self because they're playing Derry shortly, yeah. but uh, I've been desperately disappointed with Derry this season. I think they've really, really underperformed. What what have you made of them? Because they've some Especially great Especially what, how, how, how many goals have they conceded? Oh, so it's, yeah, they're up there. They're all over 50, I think. They're certainly, we were looking at this, that they're, I think, after, aside from the bottom two, I think they're the next. Even the goal they gave first. away, like, how can you defend like that in a, against the first division team? Like, it's simple stuff. But surely at some stage, alarm bells must be going off if you're conceding that amount of goals. Mm. Mm. I mean, he's made changes. I mean, and even... I think Philip O'Doherty said we have. They to always give you a chance, Derry. That's the mm. one thing. You, they're never safe, you know. Mm. And even I remember watching them before the break, home to Bowes or away to Bowes. Sorry, and uh, turn it up, and you never still feel that the like mm. even Cove the last ten minutes when they started pushing, you felt the Cove would do something, and they, then they did get the penalty. You know, they 
They don't have you, you just it's it's strange now because even Derry in recent seasons have pushed the top clubs. But you say now the dog play Cork, the dog at home to Derry next week. You're thinking that's that's, that's that, that that now looks like a very attractive fixture. Do you remember when we were at the nil all draw in Oriel that time when Derry went up there last season and I thought it was a great game and Derry defended well. Um, I don't know if you were playing, were you? It was a nil all. I, I think it was a midweek game and uh, I was talking to. We were talking to Kenny Shields and Harkin afterwards and um, for a nil-all game it was actually very enjoyable but their shape was good. They gave you very little chances and you're like, I don't know where that went. I what know. I would say is, um, have you been up to Brandywell? I haven't. No, I haven't been up there since they did it up. The pitch is massive. Mm. Right, so carry on at that. It would. It is quite hard, I suppose, when there's an expectancy on the home team as well to kind of attack You know, your home team. And leaving space. Well, it's hard to be compact enough because the pitch is huge. No, that hasn't really been spoken about. So it's a really big well, astro pitch. Yeah, mm. I think it is anyway. From you know, so um, 50, 56 goals they've conceded. There we go. In fifty six in thirty games, which and game, a lot of them are they're, sort they're, of left they're, second half. Their game and their game in hand is against Dundalk, so they do well to not 66. to not add to that. And we consider Limerick conceded sixty three, and Limerick have took an 8-0 at the start of the season and up another up 6 against uh, and, or 5 or 6 in the weekend ok Brave conceded 8-1 I mean they've had a nightmare of a year but the, after that you know, there's 14 goals Sligo Rovers and Pats have conceded 42 each so that's the difference between them and, and Derry which is a sort of a staggering sort of stat and I mean so we'll see what happens I mean if we're going to finish our chat on Derry just what they what they face this week because they won a game on Sunday I'm sure there's a natural high still with getting the trophy and, and so on but they play Bows what tomorrow night as we speak Wednesday evening in a cup quarter final game that is probably a bigger match just in the sense that the cup can still bring into Europe and uh, yeah I, I think Bows are in form and would fancy themselves would fancy themselves going up there definitely uh, we've got a recap now on what happened at the weekend and uh we have Neil Horgan very shortly just to discuss what happened because the big the big talking point was clearly what happened in Daily Mount and uh, I was uh, I, I was I was a bit like other people getting scores in and this was fairly staggering Dan um, but you were there and uh, I, I don't know what it felt like. Uh, it's just I mean it was just unbelievable really like if you think of what you've what you know this Cork side for um, and what you with what this Cork side has represented over sort of a five season window I guess going back to 2014 I mean I, I remember they got they got taken apart at Tala once or twice um, but but this was like nothing I've seen before you know conceding four goals in the first half I mean Damien Delaney is just a horrendous own goal people I'm sure have seen it at this stage and I, probably that rattles everyone a bit as well I'm sure if something like that happens it just you know it unsettles everyone a small bit and Bows are a confident team as it is started just pinging the ball around a bit more and just Cork were there for the taking and I mean it is harsh I mean Damien Delaney has you know had a fantastic career and uh, and yet that has to be probably as bad a half as he's ever endured and he was he was like a weak link and Bowes are really clever I mean they've got Daniel Kelly who's been brilliant since the mid-season break and has given them a bit of pace which was yeah. something that they maybe haven't had at times there was times at the start of the season they were very, playing very well in games but they just didn't have that they are a bit slow sometimes that was huge uh, I, playing when you were looking at Bowes in the first half of the season uh, pace was a big thing you know you, you felt that you could sort of be aggressive against them because they had no real runners you know bombing, bombing on little Ward he was picking up pockets and that and for, even for him to to slide boys through, you know, there was no one, mm. he's a good connection with Dinny, but it's more clever sort of, you know, little dropping off the back centre halves, whereas 
now he's got players that uh, Dan Kelly, as you said, has been massive. He gives them something else running off the ball, you know, and uh, they have good footballers that can pick out them passes. So he's been he's been a massive addition, you know, even, well, I don't know what sequence the goal was, but where Wardy slipped him in and Dinny Corcoran's over, overed it and Dan Kelly's finished it. I don't know what... what that was that number was three. Third, that was number yeah. three. And number, two was, number two was Kelly just running direct. That's what and, I mean, and, yeah. Slips him that threat. Lady. And then... Obviously, when you have a lad that quick, t- teams get a bit, little bit uh, wary of it and they drop off and then it creates more space for, for their better footballers to play. Whereas before, you probably could have went right up against them, not fearing anybody going in behind you, you know, so you could be more aggressive on their good footballers. So they have a good, they have a good balance now, I think, at the minute. Yeah, I, I suppose it should be pointed out they, they, um, they've changed their back four a bit because um, obviously McLaughlin is injured and um, Aaron Barry came in beside... Uh, Delaney. Delaney, but like I, I, I said this a few weeks ago, I, I, I think Delaney's um, brought the team down in terms of their defensive standards. Um, because I remember watching them against Watford, and Akinadi completely just did them for pace, and you were like, they're running for, for pace. But it, this was actually sad to watch now if this is what Delaney's future is. And I'm not saying it is, but he was kind of culpable for the four goals in one way or another. Yeah, no, sadly. He, uh, well, yeah, he was. And he's yeah. had a great career, and we're all getting older. Like, but if this is the end of Delaney's career in terms of uh, like where he was at, I don't know. I'm not sure you can retrieve a situation the way he played on on, and and, and it was hard to watch. But all I would say is that from the purpose of of looking at people slowing down over time, as we you know, I know, I get your point. But like, I, I I guess all I would say is that when you consider that they beat Dundalk at the start of the season, the one nil, and it was it was the four young lads under twenty three that night. It was it wasn't it was Kane. Colm Horgan and then it was McLaughlin and McCarthy in the centre and you think of you talk of any league win inside we always talk about a settled back four you know or a bit of a settled team they've played all sorts of combinations and, and they've had they had Bennett and then he hasn't really played Barry was bombed out for a while effectively he's come back in then there was Delaney and McLaughlin for a run where they actually had a, a decent run of results around Europe just coming into Europe and they've changed it again and it looks like he just has a known he doesn't really know what his best combination is and maybe bringing Delaney in is unsettled at a small bit but um, but you know it, it's 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 not it wasn't necessarily just the back four as well I think maybe they were two down so they had to naturally go looking for it and then they just lost a bit of their overall shape and organisation which is things that you generally think about with that Cork side they have their limitations but they're generally disciplined and they were ill-disciplined as well just in terms of tracking runs and I don't know it was just a, it was just a shocker it was I, I, I guess you've just had you have those nights sometimes Cali do you where just but things everything goes askew as such you know to me it was probably two things it was one is um, I think Bowes just were a little bit more hungry than what Cork were on the night and the second thing was you probably you, you get the feeling that it wasn't a real happy camp within Cork Mm. I, I, that's what that's what it looks like to me because, and then Caulfield went up to the to the um, fans after game, and it, as I was saying on Twitter, it was a bit like that mm. last Ceausescu speech in Romania where there was the front the front of the crowd were kind of cheering him on. It's a pretty they iffy comparison now, John. To be At fair, at the same time, then it you, was a you bit had, like the last days of Ceausescu in Romania. It was that was what, you, you, you what, watched what, that, and that was the thing that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't care what you think of the comparison. That's what came to my mind. Okay. People at the at the back. Of Younger the listeners clearly, can go and read up on what happened with uh, the Chelsea's after. Look up the speech. Yeah. Oh, One no, thing I would I'm say, not, regard, I'm, not, I'm not implying that by regarding any. the age thing. It's it's a fickle game sport. Like, and I'm speaking as a kind of lad that's going out getting on, <laughs> and you're. But it is the first thing to be thrown at lads if they have a poor game or an average game. He's finished. He's over the hill. Like his legs are gone. 
you know where and then a couple of weeks later you know you might have a, someone might the older lad might have ah, experience experience oh you yeah, know? yeah you need that but you if need they that see it out on head. friday one nil or something yeah exactly oh, yeah, yeah. you know it's <laughs> it's very easy to sort of it's just a per, it's a perception yeah. is the first thing what age is he? he's not a great game well he's toast his legs are gone you know it's just it's the easiest thing it's the straight away it's the easiest thing to say you yeah, know I, I just i just want to go, go on about that a little bit more obviously i i came i came down hard and coffee left the game but I, I would like to clarify i think he's done a great job at cork i just don't think he can bring them any further and i think the fans seem to be turning <laughs> yeah i i mean it's interesting like what Collie says that they've always had such sort of unity that group and even when they won the double last year there was a lot of chat about you know even games where they maybe didn't play well they, they grafted out the result and once you lose that it can be hard to get it back and I mean there are players that are contract at the end of the season and maybe there is changes coming regardless of what happens with the management and stuff but we'll see what sort of response you get from them this Friday I mean there is an element of the league probably is gone now unless they I mean you need something sort of pretty sort of remarkable to happen but I think now you're, you're just looking for the general health of this regime as such to see a response this Friday because you've had a, you've had a one up at home to Sligo and losing the game which is also hugely out of character then you've had Friday and, 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 and if it happens at home. if it happens three and four in a row at least from Pats at home they came back and got a point where they didn't play well you could spin that in a certain way um, if but you yeah, add maybe, in the two European maybe, results or yeah. the, uh, the four European results and those league performances you forget about the Longford game really um, it's been a very shaky sort of two months yeah. for them maybe no. and I was just saying to the boy Owen beforehand in, since Rovers lost to Dundalk 5-2 when everyone said oh Bradley should go they've had ten league games they've won eight and they drew in Cork and they lost one against Bowes and they also won in Dundalk in that time so I'm looking at Rovers versus Cork where they're at at the moment yeah the only thing, the only thing about Rovers is that they lost the two biggest games in that stretch and they still have to they've, they've turned things around they lost the but two they, they, but they lost the cup game in Drada and they lost yeah. the Bowes so there, there is an element of like they've been under a certain amount of pressure but it's you can talk about it you can have a, you can have a fast finishing horse it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to he's going to win the next time do you know what I mean I'm just saying I think beating Dundalk but, is bigger than losing home to Bowes in a lot of ways uh, depends on who depends I suppose they they, they, they nicked that one. Now, in fact, they, they, they did well in the game. Where do you assess Cork versus Rovers at the minute in terms of this moment in the season where they're at? Because Cork collapse has been... It's been a bit strange. like, And you couldn't call it but a collapse at this stage, their form compared... Like, they were well, so it, consistent for four... It's magnified many, because of the position. They're in totally different positions. You know, Cork are in a, a league title race. Still where, 15 points ahead of Rovers. Yeah, so. whereas Rovers are... They're finishing the season well to probably consolidate third place. You know what I mean. So, like, you got to look at the season as a whole rather than you know mm. the last sort of month or so. So, um, you know, it's hard to gauge, but like, it's um, every team sort of goes through sticky, sticky periods. It's just a case of when you get them and that um, well, like, they'd make no bones about it. like we go down to Turner's across on Friday and like we're, it's going to be going to be hell for leather. They're going to be right up for for that game. So. You know, it, they'll be looking at if they beat us on Friday. Um, you know, everything sort of back on track. They're after beating their their biggest rivals, and uh, in the sense they think they're back in the in the title race. And you know, really something to, to kick on and and build on for for the rest of, for the remaining five games or four games and and in the cup. 
Carly, how much are you looking forward to testing yourself against these teams? Well, I mean, you've already beaten Waterford in the Cup. You're playing Dundalk the week after next. So um, these tests are coming. But on a week-to-week, across an entire season basis, how much are you looking forward to, uh, to pitting yourself against these clubs? Well, this, like this game against Dundalk, this is the stage you want to be playing at. You know, you're, you're playing against the best team in the country. You want to go and test yourself. Now, in fairness, against Waterford, Waterford were just on a little bit of a, of a bad run. We were on, had good momentum. So I can possibly see how, how we, we pulled that re- result out of the bag. But going to Dundalk is a completely different challenge. Like, mm. That is the best team it has been over the last couple of years. So, but it's a, it's a platform we want to play on. It's, it's where our players want to be. It's, it's where they think they, they, they should be playing on a regular basis so it's, it's one we're looking forward to and these are the clubs you're probably going to need to fend off interest in your players from as well I mean this is another challenge of being the UCD manager as well that you need to fight to hold on to your group I guess I, I think Dundalk will probably change the name to Dundalk UCD one of, one of these days and like, not they'd, be good, they'd be good they'd be good players they'd be good players for us no I mean, doubt about it taking our strength and conditioning coach as well yeah taking everything from us you sound a bit bitter there <laughs> not at all not at all of course you Swines. are a Drada man as well exactly yeah, yeah so only, that's what it is actually. there's only one town in Loud as far as walking town <laughs> um, there's actually three right I'm from RD so I'm just going to make your point do you, do you, small town do you, do you change the way you play it all week to week will you approach the Dundalk game the same as when you're playing Longford oh absolutely yeah we can't be gung-ho and naive against Dundalk you have to you have to respect the opposition you have to respect what threats that they're going to come what, what's going to basically come out is when we go and try and deal with it as best we can but they have vulnerabilities as well they're like they're not every, every team, team has does. a vulnerability every team does yeah um, Dan Neil Horgan yeah well he's our go-to man we want to talk about we're, Cork we're going to talk about a Cork with Neil Horgan um, yeah but WhatsApp audio see has become a big thing we, we, we <laughs> what were, could go wrong with WhatsApp we, we were ahead of the curve with WhatsApp <laughs> yeah. audio before it went mainstream you know we, we, we were in there WhatsApp Would audio you be a fan of the WhatsApp CV you got to be careful. Of you, the well, you would want to be though. <laughs> Screen grab and all that stuff. Like, Collie, what would you do if one of your players had sent a WhatsApp audio around discussing, I don't know, a post-match dressing down to a couple of his mates? Um, he wouldn't be in my squad. Really? Yeah, that's to me. That's a a, a wolf inside the dressing room, and it's it's tough enough with a squad of players to try and fight ten thousand wolves that are at the door, but to have one inside the dressing room is is. What? can disrupt the whole that's something you've spoken to your group about I mean, we spoke about it a small yeah. bit off air but in terms of just sort of being humble and social media comments and stuff it is something you've tried to implement as a sort of a strategy or a policy I guess yeah we, we spoke about it with the group like, uh, we would have complete open chats and you would see if you walk into our home dress room you would see three posters on the wall which is all about what we believe in um, the UCD way and what is our, our mottos. So you will see no egos, um, being humble on social media, both before and after a game, whether you win, lose or draw. And you'll probably notice, um, especially on Twitter, you, you, you won't see anything from any of our guys during um, matches. Um, Steve, you're nodding a lot there. Oh, you're thinking yeah. of your own management career. No, it's mind. just one of the big, my big uh, irks is just, um, as Collie says, just it's the society we're in now. Everyone's looking for self sort of glorification and gratification, you know. Because make no bones about it, these lads are only putting up these posts just to read the replies underneath it and just be bigged up, you know. So um, 
it's really a bugbear of mine uh, when lads are sort of tweeting after games or just tweeting different things you know mm. it's just because like on Friday you could have had lads coming out going no one gave us a chance all season and they could have been no there so, wasn't a huge amount of that really coming out of the camp from what I could see anyway no and, and that's and it's not something that has come from me where I said these are the rules you must follow the rules it's something that has come from them themselves mm. they humble themselves and, what I, and what I think is very admirable about that is you're talking about UCD here and being honest nobody outside UCD really cares about UCD yet you still even at a small level you're like we're going to be humble and we're going to I suppose um, behave properly as we should it's just it's a good dress room culture to have it's a good attitude to have it's a good personality to have and they're the kind of people that I'm, I like to work with on a, on a training ground. You mentioned, I've heard you say elsewhere about sort of wolves in the dressing room, or you've actually studied, like you actually think about the profile of who you want to bring into your dressing room. I'm not saying other managers don't, but it actually is something with the dog as well. They think, I know, I'm going to get that lad from UCD. But like, like there is a sense that there's a sort of a, they actually look at the character of someone when they bring them into the group as well, not just the ability. Is that something that you... It's massive for us. It's massive. It's the first thing I would deal with is what is the character like? What is the personality like? Mm. It's, it's the first thing. It has to be the, the top of the list for us. And if you, if, if you don't have a good personality, if you have a big ego, you, you think you're bigger than everyone else around you, well, then you're not going to really fit in with their dressing room. How quickly can you suss that out? I mean, if you meet a lad for a coffee or something to chat about coming to the club, I know there's... You don't. You, you, you know, you, you, can you tell? Within a sort of a, or do you need to see them in the dressing room for a couple of days and go, actually... No. Or do you ask somebody within the league? Like, do you, like, you give do your homework. Them, like, yeah. you, you do your homework. But again, we're a different club. So most of our players that come to us have come through the 19s, 17s, 19s, mm-hmm. all the way up, and then offer the scholarship. It's not as if I'm going to be going out into a transfer market and trying to sign a player. We're a new scheme of scholarship players only. You've been around the place for a while, so. What's the average age of your team? I'm, I actually must add it up, but it's a bit. It's about twenty. Timmy Malloy is is twenty four. Everyone else then is is twenty three and younger. About yeah. twenty. Yeah. Mm. How much did you learn from Dermot Keeley in terms of uh, dressing room? culture or in, in, you know the creating the right environment because I mean I remember growing up going to Oriel and watching Dermot Keely bawling on the sideline and there's a certain perception of Dermot that comes that comes with that and when I mean, you talk to him sometimes and he's screaming away with his voice half going you think you know he's half mad I mean maybe he is but no I he's, he's more than half okay mad. three quarters yeah, okay. 80 90 percent but I think there is more to Dermot than that I mean Tell me about the influence he's, he's been on you. He's, he's been a massive influence on me. Um, he's by far the best man. Like I, I've worked with, I think it's about five managers I've worked with, and he's by far the best manager I've worked with. Like There's no comparison to it whatsoever. His man management skills, his attention to detail, he, he always thought about a bigger picture. And even for, for him back in those, how long ago did he quit in... Two thousand and nine. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which which shells? Um, even even back then, even like, he would still think about a team culture, the personalities in the dressing room. It was always something he would have come across his mind. Mm, just the the real detail of that. Yeah, and the, the, if you talk with any players that really played for him, they would still say he's probably one of the best managers they ever played for. And you were a young coach when you were in the dressing room with Dermot first, was at Dublin City, right? Dublin City, yeah. What was that experience like? I mean, were you were you going in with your eyes open? I know your dad was also involved in coaching, so you've been steeped in football. But 
was it still a different thing to go into that first team dressing room and seeing what it was like? Yeah, it was it was different, um, and it's, it's it's probably hard to explain. You, you you could see the reaction of what he said and the reaction you would get out of the players of of whatever action he made or words that he said, and whether it was a a good reaction or a, or a bad reaction. That's where my education then came from. Mm. Just watching. Just watching. Just learning. How how important? I'm going to ask you this: How important do you think your assistant manager is going to be if you ever become a oh. manager? And, and because he doesn't get the attention, but he could no. be doing if he could ma- be doing eighty percent of the work at times. If your manager, like your staff, are are huge, they're crucial. Like you need to have total loyalty. Like the staff need to have total lo- loyalty to each other. You know, so there's nothing worse. I well, I've never been a manager of that, but I'm sure there's nothing worse than not trusting your your coaching staff and knowing that they're not like totally behind you you know I saw actually Sir Alex Ferguson talking about it and how they created basically like Carrington was like a little bunker even to the tea ladies to the laundry women everyone he knew they're all all their first names and that because he said when you knew when you were going through a sticky patch and every all the noise from outside that you could come in here and everyone was working in in the one direction and you had total faith and loyalty in them all and I'm sure Collie would say the same regarding staff it's it's huge it's, it's like it's huge who's your assistant it's manager we wouldn't have achieved what we achieved this year without Ian Ryan Joe Barron Noel Castley it wouldn't have been done backroom staff is absolutely fine and, and, and the one thing and that's such a key point you're making I mean people often say well things didn't work out for Stephen Kenny it's in Farmland I think he Possibly would admit that one of his mistakes was didn't bring his own. Staff. Well, he, he he brought Declan Devine, but there was other staff mm. that there were there who were locals who ended up, <laughs> you know, in jobs afterwards. And I think there was probably forces within the dressing so room you've heard that weren't with before, them. Like, you know, different parts of coaching staff going up to going up to players. You know, like jeez, uh, you'd be in my team and all this sort of yeah. stuff. If a lad's not picked, all this don't know what he's thinking there. This type of stuff, you know, so. Your staff—it's—it's it's the most important thing Absolutely. I think for a manager is to select his backroom team and have total faith and trust trust in them. Um, yeah, it—it's it, the be all and end all I would say for a manager. Well, I'm only talking out from the outside looking in. Kali would know know a lot, lot more than me, but I would assume it's the most important thing that a manager. I could, I could walk out. I could walk out that door now and get hit by a bus, and UCD would still go in the right direction on the green run. He is top class, mm. really is. And you're you're on about your strength and conditioning guy being taken up by Dundalk, but yeah. uh, I was really struck by the shape of your players when Galway United visited Belfield this season, and they obviously are they're doing a lot of work, like but they, they they're, they're training quite a lot full stop in terms of well, training. <laughs> well, there's probably two sides of that. Is is just the condition of our players in comparison to Galway, or just the condition of our players? I actually I definitely can't comment on the latter, but um, <laughs> yeah, Gal- Galway uh, Galway or Galway, and they've had a disappointing yeah. season. But your lads that that night were a different grade. But it, that's that's just the, the the fruits of a couple of years of work. It's not something that we just first done. Level, like. But that's not something that is just started this year. Mm. It's something that has started about three years ago. Mm. It was started on their own before we went to... Uh, Just going on that, like the the lads we've signed from UCD, you know, you, I think more than anything, you know you're getting a solid, professional, mature kind of person, you know, the lads that we've signed. Because you've signed players from other Premier Division clubs who wouldn't be in the best of shape. Like. No, but them, the UCD lads, whatever it is, the 
no it's an old saying but they have their heads on their shoulders and then they know what they want to do and what they want to achieve and they're all brilliant brilliant pros and as you said are in good shape and work hard and do the stuff off the pitch you know you it's no, it's no coincidence Stephen is looking there I don't think for where he looks to get his players well, from the template's yeah. been like, it's been decent enough hasn't it you know with the with the lads we've got even uh, Davy McMillan before that you know Robbie Georgie and that you know it's the proof is in the pudding and I suppose the mad thing was we, we were talking over a coffee beforehand and I have to um, give Collie a special mention I think in our two years doing the podcast he's the only lad who actually bought coffees and teas for everyone rather than waited to get them himself so he, he's different from most League of Ireland people who, who expect freebies if they can get them it's alright Gary told me what the shabby service was like yeah but Gary when I was talking to Gary I was saying about the midfield when they were in Europe this is not a bad midfield now CVs Robbie Benson Gary and Dylan Watts was their midfield three but I never realised the story about Dylan Watts which you told us beforehand which I thought was uh, pretty mad how he came into how he actually came into your squad I, you've, you've told this before I'd never heard it yeah I said it before we were doing shape um, in, in pre-season and it was a couple of bodies short so I went to the 19s manager and asked him can you spare me a, a few players that isn't regularly playing with you and I'll add them in to make up the numbers for the shape so Dylan Watts was one of them that wasn't playing regularly with the 19s and at the end of the session I said you're not going back to the 19s we're staying with us Wow. And actually, on on him, and the nineteenth uh, manager got the sack. <laughs> <next day. laughs> we, 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 after a few, t- I mean, again, this is the old the, the, the football mind. Are you watching him after five minutes and going, oh, he's he's he got just it. a piece of class. Yeah. It, it's very similar to Conor Davis's first training session. Was after five minutes of looking at him, went, wow. And Stevie, you can you can probably tell very quickly. Well, it was funny like story. You the boy, I'm, not uh, in, I'm not kind of into that. Like I wouldn't usually just throw out no, uh, soundbite or anything. But the kid Kavanaugh is it? No, we were playing UCD. I don't know when. It was, like it was at least three years ago. I'd say three or four years ago. I don't know if Robbie had joined us at that stage. What age did Dylan Watts play? Say we played the, in Oriel Park, and I think it could have been Leinster Cup. It was a Leinster Cup, and he scored from yeah. outside the box. But I ran to close him down on the edge of the box, and he flicked it over my head. <laughs> but he kind of had his body half like he he didn't have his back fully towards me. But it was, you know, the way running the middle like league of like the ball's hopping. This boy's going to have a shot, like you know what I mean. And he was a little fella, obviously at the time flicked it. So I was like straight away. Certain players do certain certain things in a game that mightn't be noticed kind of from but yeah. you'd go yeah that, that's a little bit I gotta, little bit I gotta bring in uh, his teammate now Brandon Kavanagh because you've been a fan of him as well yeah I haven't seen him like loads of times but the impression he made in the 5-2 game wasn't yeah it? he came on against us in Tala and I just don't know some I just think some lads carried themselves a little bit differently and he was just getting the ball on the half turn like and it just it was just natural whereas in Ireland and that you'd do a lot of coaching on lads like it would be trying to drill it into them over a period of time a couple of years get the ball on your back foot you know so you can obviously face the play if you have time and he was just doing a kind of you just could tell that it was just he was doing it it was coming natural to him and just the way he carried the ball and that just something a little bit different I don't know now I, yeah. I obviously don't I haven't I, that's he came on against us at Oriel in the in He's the, progressing in the ever when, since. We, yeah, we've, we've, I haven't seen him since. Before we recent. get to Neil Horgan, there's one other thing I just <laughs> want to say. This has been a, probably the only time I can think that UCD might actually go up and hold on to a lot of players because I think the group just seems very happy. And if you do hold on to that team because of your age profile, you're definitely dark horses to have a really good season. I'm not saying on that, but you could have a mid-table potentially next season if you if you build on your your your, your progress this season. Well, I think we were 8-1 to one this year to win the first division. 
So I tipped Did you have Galway United? Did you? And I tipped, I tipped Cork to win the league as well. But I tipped you to win the cup at twenty-eight to one. So you just ruined us. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to that Dundalk game. I think. Did you, you tip them twenty-eight? She actually did. To be fair, I actually well given. Yeah, I sure. from the start. But yeah. you have to. Now, after this, after you were two 0 down against CIE Ranch, he was free. He was, free, he was, he was, he was yeah. frantically disassociating himself with that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually being honest. So, um, but so yeah, it was just a bit of spoof. So you just. <laughs> no, it's a bit of spoof. No, um, Johnny I, wouldn't I, be prone to a I bit of spoof. I find it very hard to get bets on, in fairness, and, and on oh. stuff like that. I tried to back Longford. I tried to back Longford to win the league when they were forty to one before they beat you guys. I tried to have I tried to have so much on it and they offered me 20 quid and I walked out the door and I was I was disgusted uh, but anyway that, that was, I can't say <laughs> but um, anyway that was money say but is that is that true that you can possibly hold on to your players I, I I'm wondering we'll, how many players will go I think we'll hold on to the majority of the players um, the vast only, majority well there's only one that's out of college mm. um, do you all have the head screwed on do you like do you been down there for two, three years. They've done an awful lot of work. They're gonna, they're clever enough that they're gonna hang on, get to the degree before deciding to move on. Greg Sloggett is the only one that's his degree is up, so we'll we'll still try and hold on to him. Do you know yeah. if you could find an old master's course or a diploma or something? Keep yeah, them, just keep reapply. Them yeah, get back in again. <laughs> do another course. Just get them to fail their exams or something. There must be some some strings you can pull. Like you I know? don't think it should be underestimated as well. You're living in Dublin. You're living in a very nice part of Dublin, and you're playing on a good pitch week to week with a very footballing team. It's not all about getting a lot of money. Training down the together. I mean, yeah. Gary was insane. Is there like something ten or eleven lads maybe on campus or something, and the rest the, are off campus? But yeah, the majority of them are on campus. But it's it's also a case that they're clever enough that they know if they go and go to another team, that the chances of probably getting first team football would be might be limited. Where where us, they have probably the chance to go and play regularly in 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 the, the Premier Division. And build up the skill set from there. Mm. And and a lot of people will obviously crab UCD because they get small crowds and they're coming up to the Premier Division. I don't see it as a negative thing at all. I think they'll bring up the standard of the Premier Division next season because of the quality of the football you play. And uh, I can only wish you congratulations again. But we'll get to um, get to Neil Horgan. Yeah, we'll get to the results as well, and then bring in the Cork one because the results were Sligo one, Pat two. We had uh, Brendan Clark scoring a goal from a penalty. Something that he's played down a lot. I'm not sure. I'm. Uh, I mean, it was a good penalty. I just there's something, something, something Clark- not right about it. I like okay. I yeah. think for the, I mean, he, I, he reacted very angry on Twitter about the notion of lack of leaders. Would one of your would you have a keeper taking a penalty for your CV? I wouldn't say lack of leaders, but I know if Gary Rogers was running up from the, a couple of boys with clothesline, trip him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't picture Pat Hoobin letting Gary Rogers just run by him on the edge of the 18. I'm on this I've one. I got this. Yeah. No, that's just. But you've actually had Connor Cairn score a, an overhead know, kick for been, 19s, didn't he? Yeah, has yeah. indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, he went up for a corner, yeah. <laughs> In fairness, I'll trust Connor Cairn's taking a penalty. He's a good strike of a ball. There's nothing against I mean, he was a yeah. very good penalty. No, you have a few keepers. I think South America keepers yeah, used yeah. Chilever. Chilever, yeah. yeah. The, Brazil, the Brazilian keeper used to take the freeze. I saw Chilever at the World Cup this summer. He was walking around. I was like, who's that? I tell you, he was in yeah. good shape, was he? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 he's, I uh, he's, so. he's dined out on a couple of stories. 
injuries over the years. Bit of a head yeah. Yeah. The mad thing about that game, though, is Sligo's home record just keeps getting worse. While you know their away record is probably one of the better in the league, but they lost that game. Rovers beat Limerick five nil, and it's looking very, very simple now that Limerick are going to finish second last because Bray lost in Watford two nil, lost their keeper as well to injury, and then we, this brings us on to obviously the result that everyone's talking about: Bowes four Cork two, and Bowes were three nil up and four one up, and um, before Cork got a goal in the second half, and uh, Dan we want to get Neil Horgan's we view got some it. Neil Horgan thoughts uh, via our old favoured WhatsApp audio medium uh, so yeah just start off by asking what he thought last Friday and if he had a bit of sympathy for Damien Delaney yeah so I suppose last Friday's game against Bose you have to give Bose a lot of credit there for um, for the way they played I know obviously Cork City doing badly takes all the, the news but Bose have been doing well for a while even after losing Dylan Watts, um, they've seemed to have even improved um, and he was one of their best players, I would have thought. So Cork City would be very disappointed and yeah, you do you have sympathy for the likes of Damon Delaney who, you know, he's been there and done it in the Premier League and maybe he just had an, a bad night or whatever and these things happen. I, I think the, the OG actually was unlucky um, in some respects in that even the hill, <laughs> there's a little bit of a hill there that, that it caught there in, in, in Daily Mount and rolled in. But um, and with the keeper kind of unsteady on his feet as well, probably didn't help. But these things happen and, and they'll just have to refocus again for next week. So then I, I asked I asked Neil, uh, what response would he expect from Cork this week? Because of course Cork play Dundalk in the big game on Friday. I expect a really uh, strong response from Cork City uh, on Friday. I think... Um, they did very well against Dundalk at home um, halfway through the season and deserved uh, to beat them 1-0. And I think if they can uh, bring out a similar kind of performance, then they can win the match. Whether it'll be enough for them in terms of winning the league, uh, I very much doubt so at this point. It seems like, unfortunately, the latest run of results has um, has put the league beyond them. But I, I certainly expect a huge um, response from the players uh, on Friday night. So I asked Neil then, could he maybe understand why John Caulfield is coming under some pressure, as we've as we've discussed earlier? I've heard a bit of negativity about John Caulfield and um, you know the lads after the last few games, but I think the, the majority of people know that the reality is he's done an amazing job. Um, and two games don't change anything. Uh, people might say that they they didn't do well in Europe I, I, this year, and you know there's some merit in that. But I have to say that the draw that they got in Europe wasn't great. I don't think any of the other League of Ireland teams did fantastic in Europe this year, and I've probably said more about the standard in the League of Ireland. I, I know Dundalk went through a round or whatever, but went against top class opposition, which you know Cork City played the top team in Poland and they played the top team in Denmark and were found wanting um, but I don't think there's any surprise there if you've you know like you guys been watching the League of Ireland for the past few years um, I think Dundalk's uh, performances a few years ago were, were, were a real outlier in that um, but in terms of John Caulfield and the season I mean they're 15 points ahead of Shamrock Rovers who are in third place and even if Corkstead lost all their remaining games I think they don't. Shamrock Rovers would be joint with them on points, so it shows you how how well they've done during the semi final of of the cup. Um. So, whilst I, I acknowledge that you know there's high standards here in Cork, 
um, and there always will be. I remember when the year we won the league, 2005, which which I always uh, don't fail to mention. Um, but when we won the league that year, Damien Richardson was under pressure at the start of the year. Uh, he had just come in instead of Pat Dolan, and then there was actually um, people marching outside the ground wanting him out. And then you know a few months later, we'd won the league and we were in the cup final, and things were forgotten about. So there, there's ups and downs, but I think where John is now. They're second in the league by a distance, right? They've fallen off from Dundalk. They haven't had a great European campaign, but what he's done over the past three or four years has been just amazing. And I think any any real criticism needs to be informed with, with that kind of information. And just finally, I asked Neil then his prediction for Friday. I think he's touched on it a bit already. On Friday, I would see, um, I'd see Dundalk, you know, or, or they're going well enough. I know they lost the Rovers a few weeks ago. They'll want to really show that they're the, you know, the, the champions um, in name and, and in merit as well um, by winning in Turner's Cross where they lost earlier in the season. I think at the start of the year, you know, up in Oriel, um, when these two teams met, they looked like a, a fantastic team um, and they, they outplayed Cork City that night. Um, but even in the game that they beat Cork City later on in the year, they didn't really outplay Cork City to that degree so they'll be wanting to you know put down their stamp as as um as real champions this year because if if they lose to Cork City having lost the Rovers recently um then you know there'll be question marks about kind of their real quality um and obviously the question marks versus the the knock team of a few years ago are, are, are there for for anyone to make and I, I do feel that they've strengthened this year from last year, but they're probably not where they were a few years ago. Um, and that's no real criticism. They're, I suppose they're growing again. And you know, if they do win the league, it's, it's a fantastic achievement by Stephen Kenny again. Um, so it's very enticing on Friday with, with, with that in mind and Cork City's rebound. And, you know, you're looking at the best two teams in Ireland over the past three or four years. Some of those players, a majority, well, six or seven of maybe the starting team, maybe a bit less, will have played over the two or th- last two or three years at least. Um, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what back four Caulfield plays. Um, I think when Cork City beat uh, Dundalk in Turner's Cross a few, a few months ago, um, they had a back four that was completely different to the back four last Friday against Bowes. There, there was the young back four now injuries and, and other things have prevented that back four from playing again but it'll be interesting to see the back four and it'll be interesting to see how John responds I hope Cork City get a win um, but I, I do feel the league is beyond them really so there we go I mean uh, just to, to listen to react to a couple of the points there Stevie that he Neil feels maybe the team of now isn't at the level of the 2016 team now I suppose people from afar will have that assumption anyway just by purely looking at say well, they were in Europe going far and this one isn't but I think Stephen Kenny has spoken about he feels that that next year this this squad at the moment can can maybe get to the level that was there I mean is that do you sort of agree with the assessment that this is a team that's growing again, or, or what's your what's your take? On yeah, that? definitely. I think um, it, it, there's been a good few, a good lot of turnover in players. Um, uh, the manager's one of his strengths, I suppose, in, in being able to sort of not tell the future, but like have a good assumption of, of what where a team like when it can really peak and when it will be at its best. So, if he's saying that, I wouldn't disagree with it. Uh, I think that. European team was a couple of years. I mean, 
It's a bit like a three-year process yeah, that Carly's exactly, talking about you know, there with his team, you know. Barring a couple of in and outs, you know, it was the sort of the, the backbone of the team was... It was only Benson and McElhenney came in that winter. I yeah. think that was, it was only two wins and maybe one or two yeah, outs. So really the back four didn't change it's at all. It's not League of Ireland so winter. That's not usually League of Ireland. Yeah. There's been far bigger turnover now the last couple of years at our place. Uh, so, you know, um, you might have a similarly maybe quiet kind of off-season, maybe this off-season going into next year. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't disagree with it. But, um, you know, it's like, Anton, you can talk all you want in here. It's... What goes on out in the pitch, you know, that matters and the results will show where, where, the, where the team is at. He made some very interesting points, Dan. You could tell he was a bit hushed in his office. He was kind of, you know, he, he didn't want anyone to hear him talking League of Ireland, I think. But uh, Colley, in general, what struck you from what he said there? He more or less defended Cork. Um, maybe made a point about Cherry, which was a little bit harsh on him, um, even though he probably didn't have a great game on Friday. He has, he's been kind of in and out with the team. It's not easy for him to pick up, but what did you make of Neil's comments? It's just even looking there at the league table. Dundalk have lost three games so far this year, over 30 games. Are you telling me they're going to lose three games between now and the end of the year? Yeah, I think we can write off the title yeah. anyway. But the title is gone. Um, where, do you, where do you see the, the Caulfield kind of cotter um, reign at this stage? Because they've, they've seemed to have done a really good job when they took over Cork where, where they were after Tommy Dunn and all that. Done an unbelievable job. But where are they now? Um, he's done a fantastic job especially with winning the league last year um, with that kind of squad that he had I would like to have seen probably a few more additions to it and see having a good proper go at Europe it was nearly for the European games it was nearly as a, a kind of a distraction but European football is I think well the really really good top sides want to be competing and showing how good you really are. How much how much did you enjoy it? Because it was I loved it. Like it was it was a real million to one shot that you would end up there, but you did. Mm. And not but you got there and then you end up getting through around against the team who've done amazing things since. Mm. But then obviously you know what we you lost the away game one nil in Bratislava, was yeah, it? Yeah, in Bratislava. Albeit against ten men, but like yeah. this was fairly dreamland stuff. It was, especially for a, a bunch of kids. Um but it was the experience and the stage that you want to be playing at. These were top class players. And that's the kind of players you want to be playing against week in, week out. Cork um, have played six games in Europe without scoring a goal now. Or is that taking a real League of Ireland mentality into European games mm. without trying to adjust how you play? I'm not sure if John prioritised maybe as much as Stephen Kenny, um, which it, it, it is what that, it that is. Would be the fear. That would be the fear. But I think there was a bit of a lack of belief, but um, unfortunately, Dan, this game on Friday, I'm, I'm not that, but I'm, I'm not particularly motivated by now. I don't think it really matters. Ah, I still think I, I, I'm it's still going to be nice to watch it. it. Oh, no, it's no, grand, but if uh, if, if they'd beaten Bowes, because I think if you're in Turner's Cross at half seven, or sorry, it's quarter past seven, is it? If you're in Turner's Cross at ten past seven on Friday, I think you'd be motivated by it. I still mm. think, I still think now, you know, what way the mood will turn if things don't go well for Cork? It might change the atmosphere, but I still think, I mean, this rivalry has been built up it's not just suddenly going to lead to a, uh, a game that where that's deflated it's not going to be a dead rubber you know like. there's no not at all and i i i think there's it is something in what neil says um not sure i 100 agree but i suppose if you think about it that all the games this season have been won by the home side in the in the you know in the three games so far uh, the dog didn't do brilliantly well down there although it was a pretty tight enough game when morrissey got the winner like that game could have swung either way 
and the last game could have swung either way to a point as well. Um, so the last five games, they've won three and drawn two against them at Turner's Cross. Cork have yeah, Cork. Right. So I think like maybe Dundalk's some of their toughest nights in the last two two seasons have come against Cork, and the games of Turner's Cross haven't gone particularly well. If you throw the President's Cup into it, so I don't know. Maybe there's a there's a wrong to be righted there in some way. I'm sure that's a real motivation for the doctor. They have to win the league. I mean, that's the primary motivation. But I think. But I, I say to put in a statement performance against yeah, Cork would be a yeah because big I think step. I, I, I totally the likes of Duffy and yeah, I, and, and a couple of they haven't they, they exactly. went against them at home, but they've they've had tough nights at Turner's. And Cross. I agree with them there that like I I don't see this Dundalk team as being absolutely brilliant and I think like they lost at home to Rovers haven't been great against Cork for over the last couple of seasons and that must motivate you a bit we want to prove that we're better than them um, in Turner's Cross and show them that we can outplay them because also you're going to play a Cork team that has to be lowest on confidence since since this great rivalry began because of the form they're in at the moment you would think anyway yeah definitely uh, look you're playing your main rivals, you know, it's like any sports competition, be it individual or team, when you come up against your main rival, you want to beat them, you know, but you want to beat them for the end, for the end prize of winning the league, you know, that sort of way, so, um, you know, look, you're playing Cork away home or away, you don't need any motivation, none of our team squad will need motivation this week, training and getting ready for the match on Friday, then you just see how it goes, but... um. It like it's it's not like something that we need to go down and make a statement that won't be spoken about it. We'll just be going through their strengths and weaknesses and and trying to win the game, you know. Um, because with, by winning the game, it obviously puts you in a massively strong position to go and win the league. Hopefully, in a month or two's time. But I don't think it, it doesn't really play in our minds the fact we need to go down and make a statement because our record's been poor. We're disappointed our record's been poor because... As professionals though, like, would, it not be, <coughs> would it not annoy you if you went down there and like didn't play well and like lost yeah, one nil? Yeah, of course, it would annoy you any time you lose. Yeah, but you're playing Cork and like, you know, the, the F-U-C-K, the Lily Whites and all that, there is an edge there. They don't like you at all down there as well. I we all know not. that. Nah, they don't like you. <laughs> yes. no, I don't think any opposition likes you actually, even though you're a nice guy off the pitch. I don't think my family likes me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, no. but you, don't, you, don't, you want to go down there and show that you're good enough to be Cork at Turner's Cross, which you haven't been doing in the last five visits of course you do right? obviously in an ideal world of course you want to go down and win two or three nil but um, it doesn't work work its way like that uh, Turner's Cross has always been a tough place to go I think Cork seem to raise there's no doubt about it seem to raise their levels by a good few percent when we when we go down there when we play them in general you know um, so you know you're going to have to factor that in they're going to be hurting after a defeat last week getting a lot of criticism and that so they're going to be wounded animals, but we're going down there full of confidence. Lads are in good form. We didn't play last weekend, so we've had a good sort kind of two weeks going to prepare. Everyone's fresh and well, and uh, just by the moon in the camp, everyone's really sort of looking forward to going down. Just with your situation, and you've been on the, the comeback trail, I mean, how much time are you spending with the group and around the group? Uh, for the first while, I, I was at home for the first maybe four or five weeks because I couldn't really do anything six weeks, and then... But gradually, the last um, six weeks, two months, you'd be in the same times, obviously, as all the lads. Just You'd be in amongst them all the times, just obviously when they go down to train, I go and do my, my stuff. So, But I've been down on the pitch, uh, pitch side, say, working with the physio, doing my own sort of rehab and that. So I've been able to sort of look in a bit of training. And uh, Does that help just to make you feel a bit more a part it, of it? It helps in the fact, yeah. And it also signifies that you might be getting a little bit closer to, to joining them next door on the pitch and being out training with them. So uh, 
but just judging by the training that it's been very good you know good tempo you can you can know after two minutes even just looking at a session not being involved in it whether lads are this training session's taken off lads are at it or they're or they're sort of walking around in the last couple of weeks even the pace of the small side and games and that have been very good so that's a good sign in the sense of lads are, are sort of all enjoying their football and eager to get into starting 11. I mean, you, you've only had a meeting this morning, you've had, you've had a surgeon's referral. Is playing this season realistic? I'm not sure. Like, in order to do it, you'd need everything to go your way. And when you do get back to training, how long is it going to take you to get up to full speed in the sense of shake off the rustiness and get up to the speed of the lads who have been training every day and... And playing all season, so you'd need everything to go your way to maybe even have a thought of coming back. But it's something that keeps you going in the sense it's not totally ruled out. So, well, without falling over you, like here, when you, your cup final forms two years ago, when you were kind of walking around the pitch, clearly not right, yet still kind of ran the show against Cork shows that you can kind of get away with it maybe in a game or two. Yeah, well, I suppose the tie would be different now if I was like a Michael Duffy or Patrick McElhenney or that where their game is to be explosive and, and go by players and take players on. You know, my game is it's kind of restricted <laughs> restricted enough as it is. Well, the, 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 the book's not going to change, like, you know, in the sense I'm not going to be explosive bursting by lads and that. So if if... If a type of player could come back and maybe have an effect on the on on, a, on the end of the season, you know, it'd be my type of player in the sense it's not really going to change much. I sort of like get on it and pass and pass it if you know what I mean. Uh, so, like that's probably in your favour too. I never really relied on any pace or that. So, uh, where are you next gonna, season? Though are you gonna like? Are you? desperately keen to get back playing uh, are, you, are you at the stage where the injuries have just kind of yeah I don't know or? it's something that uh, you'll think about come the end of the season you know my main focus I've had real Sam Rice and Danny Miller the two physios have been brilliant you know Danny sort of goes on on the runs with me and all that he's a, Glenn yeah, he's a fitness fanatic so you know it's we've built up a sort of friendship over it you know you spend a lot of time with them even on the runs and that you're chatting over and back so um like I'll weigh that up my main priority is now just maybe even getting back training for the last couple of weeks of the season I just I would like to sort of finish the season off by being on the training pitch rather than being written like getting injured in April and then not not mm. not kicking up football with the lads for the rest I mean just from listening to you though like you've, I mean, it probably gives you so much time to think unfortunately just being out of the game that the, the coaching management route is that something that possibly does appeal to you in terms of like in terms of badges and stuff have you started that sort I'm of doing my A now in November starting yeah. my A in November. so you're on the road then I mean it is something that yeah definitely be something that does interest me but um, you know it's um, that's in an ideal world everything working out in, in, in or working out your way I suppose it's Ireland there's not it's not a huge window for obviously full time coaching positions or, or managerial jobs so you and you Collie know. can go to Italy like you know <laughs> drink wine yeah. well Collie you're working again. at Microsoft I mean this is the thing you're yeah. not you're you're managing your commitments around a job well, I'm just handy with location from where I live to where Microsoft is and where UCD is so mm. it's only a, a 10 minute drive between each they're one they're out leopard sound are they yeah mm. so is that um, shift work in terms of how you manage it or what, what uh, way does it work yeah I, I, I manage a team in there that um, between we walk it's 24-7 so we to follow the sun model so Dublin okay. walks from um, they're on from 5am until 4pm 
so I managed that team. So like I was in the office about from four thirty this morning. What time do you get up every morning then? It's, it's four o'clock. Is my alarm time? Yeah. Uh, so, and you go to so what time is your sleep time then? Sleep time is normally about ten o'clock. Right. Six hours sleep. Yeah, I'll do that for the. Wouldn't survive on that. Would you, Dan? I actually, I get by in six, six hours sleep. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Colly, we'll start with you. Let's predict Cork and Dundalk. I think it'd be a draw. A draw. I'm a way win. Can't can't have Cork. I, I sort of fancy the draw as well. I think you. I mean, if the, if you, if you don't get a response from Cork for this game, then you really are worried about your dressing room. Yeah. You know, you talk about it's interesting there, and Steve talking about the training. Uh, you'd, you'd you'd like to if you were the Cork manager to see a bit of spice in training this week, because if you don't. That's when you really start to, to worry. I think, I, I, you, I think you've built up the game nicely there because uh, it's it's probably not going to really matter in terms of the overall season, but Cork's reaction. I think, but it, 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 well, I mean, the Collie's got other plans, mm. but you know, if 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 these end up in the cup scenario again, you know, everything, little battles in the game will count and stuff too, you know. So I, I think you'll get a response from Cork, but a draw is I mean, draw for the dock is. Is, is very close you, you, they'll beat Derry I think at home next week and when we're sitting back doing the pod next week they'll be one game away from, from winning it yeah. and that's with three games to spare the more the more I look and it's going to be a Dublin derby in the cup final UCD and Bowes actually because <laughs> Colley just gave me that confidence talking to him over the coffee there but uh, Bray against Limerick what do we say about that yeah it's, uh, it's a strange one really like yeah, I, I the nine report, points off them. Were, yeah, the, the, the reports on Limerick weren't great. Um, just that Friday, terrible, yeah. but I think just there were two then after eleven minutes, and the feeling was the threw in the Richie uh, Dow. Yeah, they weren't in. They weren't in <laughs> See, actually, Richie Town there at Rotherham is going to be interesting. He's uh, he's playing championship now with Ryan Manning in, in the Rotherham team, mm-hmm. and wouldn't be surprised if Richie is is in the international picture in the next couple of months anyway but that's that's, that's a very interesting that's as an Dan. aside yeah well he uh, he definitely is, is come, he was spoken about in discussions at Martin Neal in the summer so he's aware of him and I think mm. if he's playing championship I think he might come into it but anyway that's an aside uh, I still think I still think uh, I actually sort of fancy Limerick I don't know I, I, I have a feeling <laughs> that Limerick uh, they've, they've, they've put in a couple of decent performances and I mean, one particularly a home to the dog and there's some good players and Bray just can't seem to get it going. Maybe maybe it's the perfect game for Bray, but either way, it's a bit of a dead rubber, unfortunately. Which player do you play with or have you played with at Dundalk that's most uh, suitable or legitimate as an international prospect right now? What? I wouldn't name any names. It's hard to tell. Obviously, if Horgan who's involved. Yeah, Horgs, obviously, yeah. Um, it's hard to tell how lads progress. They can make unbelievable progression from one season to the, to, to, to the next, you know, and you need luck as well. You need to, um, you know, there could be a certain game that it would be advantageous to play very well in. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of talented lads. Um, so, like, any one of them who, who to really dedicate their lives to it, and, like, it, it can work, it can it can break for for anyone, really, you know. Like, obviously, you have to be the right age bracket and that, but there, there's lads with talent in our squad, and there has been. You must you must have some regrets that you weren't there because you you did have the ability to play for Ireland. Ah, geez, look, well, no. you look at Sean Williams played for Ireland. You look at some... Yeah, but I've been saying, why hasn't Sean Williams been picked the last few years? Why hasn't he? I don't know. Mm. You know, because he, 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 there's certain... Passes the ball too much. There's certain types of players that are suited to international football, and you got to be comfortable on the ball if you want to play... Inter- well... I think that's a big. If you want to be decent, uh, I think O'Neill is way football. too much. He's, he's he's hung up on where someone is playing at a given time rather than. But my fun. point, yeah. say Premiership players, the lads that are playing in the Prem, a lot of our lads, 
the boys in the championship in League One could go go in and do the same for the lads in the Prem because they're not actually doing nothing in the Prem. Do you know what I mean? In the sense they're running around in that, but are they getting on the ball? You know, give me a lad that in the cha- a level below, like Arthur, for example, that's getting on the ball and you know dictating for his team, albeit a level or so below than a lad that's just playing at a higher level, but mm. just running around. Do you, like watch, makes, do you like watching? Sense? Do you like watching Ireland Cali at the moment? Uh, no, not really. Not my kind of style of play. Really, it's, it's um, most of it is so negative. Um, it's it's reminds you of some fourth division games where the the emphasis just seems to be on stop the opposition from playing, and then if you can pick off something from a set piece or something falls your way, mm. then that's it. But yeah, that but doesn't seem to be a way. That, uh, it's a mindset thing. It's but is that a mindset thing? But it's even we we spoke about it on the, on on the pro badge, the coaches that were, were on that pro badge. We always look at ourselves as being inferior to what's in Europe. But yeah, when we go away and look at all of the clubs or what the training sessions are, what the clubs are doing, it's the exact same as what League of Ireland. You're, not, you're not inferior. You just need to be coached properly from a young age. It's nothing to do with being inferior. Yeah. Just because we're Irish doesn't mean we have the DNA to not pass the ball. Like because if we're from the Baltics, or we'd be or the Balkans rather, we'd be really one two all over the place. There's no well, there's we a good story, yeah, but it just shows you the perception. When I was over at Arsenal as a kid. So there's a couple of Irish lads and there's a, he's basically Wenger's assistant, uh, Boro Promorak was his name, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't sit on the bench. People would have seen Pat Rice as, but Boro was, the actual, he was the right hand man. He was out, he was in France with him and knew like, he was Wenger's sidekick. It's interesting but, he wouldn't sit on the bench actually. No, I never sat on yeah. the bench, sat, sat, up, sat up and stand, always had a, had a toothpick in his mouth, you know, he'd be, he was... Uh, I thought you were going to do the Xenos off with a cigar there. <laughs> he a was a Yugoslavian or, he could have been, well, it was obviously Yugoslavia at the time played mm. for them, but I think he's Croatian, he'd be Croatian now, I think. If but, he's listening, he'll make, I, I'm, I'm definitely one of the other. They're, they're, they're uh, pretty big into the distinction between the two. <laughs> yeah, but my point being, they were tell, all, tell they, the were story, all they were all one when they were playing, you know. <laughs> they're all so one. But his, we used to walk out and he used to he was a bit of a character and he used to say Ireland he used to say you know I'm not doing that but he says good for fighting and tackling he says no pass but like he was saying that about us that's every press conference he was saying that about Irish. every Ireland game I've been to and every <laughs> League of Ireland game but he wasn't yeah. saying that about the senior team he was saying that about Irish players in general yeah, yeah. You know, we got labelled away when we were in Europe against the lunch yeah that's, that was their exact same perception Yes, you'll you'll run around and you'll be a typical English team, is what you call us. I, they will, they will fight. They will fight. But my point yeah. is, he was like, like painting everyone with the same bro. Like he was calling us basically like little battlers, like you know what yeah, I mean. But don't, don't ask them to pass the ball. Any Irish player, like any yeah. Irish player. So I was out watching a, a <clears> tournament <throat> in Cherry Orchard at the weekend. I was out watching. There was a FEI. Oh yeah, fair play. Team. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you I only went out, only, the extra I, I only like. out just on Friday after because I went to Bowes that evening, but. I have to say, like there was, a, there was Niall Harrison had an FEI team. They were good to watch, you know. I mean, it was they were they were playing the ball out and passing it, and they but, were yeah. decent. And the disappointing know. thing with Trapattoni was he obviously came in with the mindset, right? These are very very limited. We're going to be solid. Like forget about playing because they're not capable of going taking the game. But you would you would have thought there'd be more of a turn, especially like Roy Keane, the type of player, mm. a fearless player, a player that could dictate a game that pass the ball. Yeah. 
of all, like champions. He dictated the team for 10 years, not just in the dressing room, but on the pitch. He was the fulcrum. He was the man. He was the brains. You could, like, he was such an intelligent player. He dictated games, but, um, you know, it doesn't seem to be... Like, compare us... I know we were missing a few, but the, the, the difference between Wales and Ireland... Yeah, or even, or even Northern Ireland to a point. Like, yeah. After that game in Wales, I didn't want to see Ireland in a major tournament. I don't want to see anyone playing like that. I, I wanted to see Ireland in a you major tournament. You wanted to get a trip over, though. Well, I went anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so no, I, I want to see Ireland playing a World Cup. Do you want Cup. to see us get hockey, though? Well, of course not. And You but, want to see us in it, but... Like, you, you want to see us in it because, it actually, if you get... I mean, some, sometimes if you get turned over in it, it also starts a bigger debate as well. I, I think anything that puts our football team point. on a higher plane to yeah. get people talking about it is a good thing, even if it's if it's negativity and problems are exposed because maybe sometimes it's only after we lose 4-1 in Wales that you get a good discussion about no, where the current, things are the current. You, need, you need you actually need an, extre- an extremity to get people talking about it when actually you need to be talking about it in January and February when there's because a lot of people just tune into the debate because their interest in football in Ireland is very cosmetic it's very much like six games eight games a year and then you have a big debate after that where are we going to go and then they go back to their other life after it and they don't care so sometimes being in a major tournament even if you are exposed I don't think that's a, it's but a I suppose people can say what is success success for Ireland is qualifying to qualify that's what it's all about so, wait, wait, so wait. They have, they've, they've done that you know so it's <laughs> Yeah, well, we're you know, it, it's it's a tough job. It's obviously a it's tough not, job. It's not. Anyway, like, anyway, Bray Limerick. Br- 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 <laughs> <laughs> you have to get your prediction. Limerick. Bray and Limerick. I I'm with you on that. Watford at home to the away specialist Sligo, Dan. Watford at home to the away specialist Sligo. Uh, is that your prediction? Contained in the answer. Still not for, it, the boy of Bora. Like he the, ran the show there in the absence of Airy against uh, Bray, the, but it's Bray. They're playing Bray. Like, mm-hmm. They don't. Sligo. Sligo. I'm gonna go for a draw. Draw. Uh, go, I'll go with you on that I'll go with the draw as well Derry uh, City thoughts, at home Waterford, Col- Waterford. Col- confident Waterford. enough there Derry City at home to Shamrock Rovers uh, just, just, I think the circumstances of the week probably lend themselves I mean we should do a Derry Bros prediction really as well but um, I still do fancy Bows but um, I'm not sure if I've been odds on to win but I do fancy what Bows. about Derry Rovers though? yeah Rovers Rovers which are my banker Rovers. of the week yeah um, and, and nobody seems to notice they've lost Graham Burke the form they're in and St. Patrick's is home to I suppose the form team of the league really Bowes. Bohemians the only thing about Bowes maybe crowd uh, Dan Sa- half five on Saturday. Saturday it's an interesting time actually straight to yeah. the dog track after us for the, der- <laughs> the derby final well I mean that would be only you that would be doing making that trip I would say <laughs> uh, sure whatever whatever degenerates you end up to go to the game with you um Thing is, though, are I would you say here? no. No, um, come to the dogs. No, oh no, I might go to the game, but not to the dogs. Why not? Because uh, I don't want to. I mean, listen, let's, let's discuss this off air. We're coming to um, the dogs. I actually think, though, for Bo, as much as they're in great form, like if Bo's win and then they have a cup semi, and I actually, I just, I maybe fancy Pats just in the circumstances. Playing, playing a three-five-two system the last couple of weeks, Collie. Yeah, you'd yeah. know how to match up against that, would you? Um, yeah, I think they did that on day two of the pro course. Do you want to call the game here? Um, I think Bowes just have so much momentum at the moment. I yeah, think I, I think this will do it. I, really, I think really when you're on game. a good run, yeah. you just you chalk off each game, you move on to the next yeah, one. Pats are not that'll be really one. enjoyable. I think very, very a Saturday game. evening game, you know, you know, people just you know you'd like to just get out Saturday evening half five there'll be a, I'd say there'll be a decent crowd at this draw don't know really to be honest 
Dundalk didn't play Derry on Tuesday, but the cup game, obviously, Dan, you fancy both? Uh, I do fancy both. I mean, I, 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 that momentum point, Dundalk. I think, is huge. I don't, I don't know where Derry's heads are going to be at, so I do fancy both. I just, uh, oh, in terms of UCD Dundalk, see, I, I think that's going to be... be at that game? Uh, I, I think I will be. Yeah. I, that's going to be... It's just a tricky one for Dundalk. I'm not just saying it because Collie's here, but I mean, it's a cup semi. Robbie Benson will be happy. Everyone, 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 <laughs> everyone, everyone in the ground, everyone in the ground will do, is thinking UCD a home final. And that's just the mentality that people have when they play mm-hmm. UCD sometimes. But the boy Kenny is very And the dog will have that against most teams. He's managing any know? kind of danger of complacency. He's good at that, isn't he, your manager? Yeah, no, in all fairness, he, he treats, and this is an old throwaway comp but he does treat every every team like the exact same there's no he wouldn't be different playing Cork as he will be to be playing Derry on Tuesday or or, um, or UCD on Friday it's, it'll be the exact same preparation and the exact same intensity on, mm. on his part I, I, I think I'm going to try to get to that game because I think it'll be very enjoyable and uh, it's not the formality I think people think it is but I think that is the end of the show we might have gone on a bit but um we had a lot of important things to discuss. Colly, um, yeah, you've you've a big game against Longford. Um, obviously, the likes of Drogheda won't like you to uh, to be treating that game any differently because the Drogs are just hoping to. Um, no, it's in their own hands. But they're hoping to secure that fourth place position. That's, that's it. It's in their hands. You shouldn't be looking to us to do any kind of favours. <laughs> Actually, Colly, um, how do you think the first division teams will do in the playoff? against Limerick I mean would you fancy one of the three whoever it is I know you don't know who it is but yeah uh, absolutely yeah yeah um, I think the, the, the most improved team in it has been Finn Haps um, since the O'Connor brothers left and he's, he's strengthened and he's brought in <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's so, solid analysis by the way solid analysis. Uh, to be fair though the, them teams are finishing the likes of Shells and Harps and yourselves they're finishing the season in, in good form as well you're kicking into mm-hmm. into and like Bray and Limerick are well, kind Limerick of in limbo are in there. Weird limbo. Yeah, they're be. in limbo there. Like they're out of the cup and they're kind of just waiting for like they're they're sentencing, if you know what I mean. But even it's the mood within a camp. Mm. When you when you're losing week in, week out, you know, when you go a goal behind, your head drops straight away. But the likes of Harps, they've been on a great run. They've been winning week in, week out. So I think if they come and face each other in a, in a playoff, I'd be fancying the fourth division club. Actually, Dan, yeah, th- we'll, we'll finish on this. We're going to get, we're going to have a proper discussion about this four seasons out because you absolutely slated me for suggesting this last week. You were on, you weren't on the show about a potential sixteen or oh, seventeen. Yeah. We, can, we can't this get is, into this now. So, so this is a very quick. Like, you think this is a disgrace? I think it's I definitely think, worth talking about. I you think, think it's, it's completely unfeasible? Uh, is it remotely feasible? I don't know if it's feasible, but it, it, would it work? Would it be a bad? Thing? Let him, let him finish. Because we're, we're we're running out of time here. I'm just not having a ten team league. You're not having a ten-team league, no. Collie. Yeah, I don't like a ten-team league. But, right? but, but, but would sixteen would there be would there be too many bad teams? Out of, out of sixteen, uh, you, you 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 probably get to about the, the fourteen mark. Um, we have two bad teams in the Premier as it is nearly. Yeah, I think fourteen is probably very the very briefly. I think it would I bring think up the standard of a lot of young players who'll be playing week in week out against good teams, and the young players from oh, the top the young players from the top teams could be loaned out to smaller clubs to get proper experience, and that would help them more than play with the nineteens. And it would also help to like the Longford that you'd have uh, big teams playing week in no, week out. No, many, not too, having it. Too many, too many 
teams, too many dead rubber but what games. would the first division be made up of? It would have to be regionalised. It would hold back. It would and hold it would back. Be amateur more hold less. back at top mm. sides, and the days of getting transfer fees and stuff for players, all the stuff you're aspiring to, is gone. Yeah. So we'll talk about it next. I, week. I think there's an, an awful lot to discuss. Lads, thanks, Mill, for coming in. CV, we, we wish you the best with your with your what is this like your seventh rehabilitation of your career or something like 17th. that? Seventeenth. Seventeenth. And uh, speaking of rehabilitation, good luck with the wedding in November. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colly, you're married nine years. Yes. To do a wedding course. Um. Yes. Yeah. To do it, yes. Yeah. You don't, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to get married unless you do do it. If I ever get married, it's going to be non-denominational because I'm not going to be checking the scores of other games in the middle of my marriage course. I think it'll just be your, uh, your your wife to be and have to do a course of some kind. But uh. <laughs> thanks for listening.